0: Good morning again.
1: Good morning.
0: good morning. There you go. Thanks, sunshine.
1: No problem.
0: It is a good morning, isn't it? Another beautiful day this she Right, Bob? You it. It's always uh, an honor and a privilege to be standing here. Corey uh, had approached me a couple weeks ago if I was able to preach today, um, as we'd be kind of in between. Um, we just wrapped up the book of Acts, and uh, next week we'll be starting advent series. And as always, I'm certainly grateful for the opportunity. Um, Mr. J left, but he was the one that gave the idea for Psalm 8. So you can thank him or blame him, whatever you want to do. <laughs> So as I mentioned, we just wrapped up preaching through Acts last week. How long was it, Corey? year and a half. A year and three months. I know he's thankful for that. We're done. <laughs> I'm thankful for it as well. But not because it's been so long, um, but rather because of the, the story that it tells us. To sum it up, it's a picture of God establishing and expanding His church through the obedience and ministry of man. We see the Holy Spirit work in and through and before Paul and the fulfillment of Jesus' words. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And that's why we're able to gather together today in this chapel, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Singing songs of praise and hearing the Word preached because the Holy Spirit first did a work in the life of a man named Paul and thousands of others in that early church. And that same ministry is still at work today. The, The majestic Creator, God, uses us, His creation even in our weakness, to advance His good news and expand His kingdom. And at some point, by the prompting of the Holy Spirit and the obedience of man, that good news reached my ears. And at some point, maybe even today, it's reached your ears as well. Are you thankful for that this
1: morning? Amen.
0: And next week, Corey will begin a series on Advent, a time where the church looks back upon upon Christ's coming in celebration, while at the same time looking forward in eager anticipation to the coming of Christ's kingdom when he returns to his people. As we think about looking back, and as we draw closer to the Christmas holiday, we're reminded of how our God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, And everything in it humbled himself to the place of his creation. So much so that he entered into this world as a baby. So the majestic creator God joined his creation by entering into it as a baby. Our almighty God, born into this world in the form of an infant, just like you and just like me. Are you thankful for that this morning, church?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This morning
0: we'll be looking into Psalm 8. My hope is that by the end of the service you'll better understand how this all ties together. So if you'll read with me Psalm 8. To the choir master, according to the beginning, the Psalm of David. whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your your name. Lord, this morning we lift it up in high praise. Lord, we're thankful for you. In all that you do, all that you've done, all that you're doing. Lord, this morning I just ask that you would speak through me into the hearts and the minds and the souls of everyone here this morning. Lord, so that they would hear, understand, know, and believe that you are a majestic God. In Jesus' name. As most of you already know, uh, the book of Psalms is a collection of 150 individual poems broken down into five books, over half of which are written by King David. Psalm 8 was written by King David and is considered a hymn of praise with a primary focus on admiring God's great attributes and deeds namely his works of creation. We just sang that song to start us out, right? It's a hymn of praise. We're going to see in it how God, our majestic creator, is so high above us, yet he humbled himself and works through us in our place of creation. first point that we have this morning is that his name is majestic. Mm -hmm. Verse 1 says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. So the first Lord here is in all caps, which we use to represent the Hebrew word Yahweh. The most holy name, for the God of the Israelites used in the Old Testament. Yahweh is a name that is majestic or honorable. The second Lord, which is uppercase L, lowercase or, we use to represent the Hebrew word Adon or Master. Master. So the statement, O Lord, our Lord, declares Yahweh is the master over the psalmist David and God's people. He continues on with, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So not only is his majesty known to his people, but it's known across the entire earth. Romans 1.20 says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. Everyone, everywhere, is aware of the majesty of God. Even if they don't acknowledge it. So these names, Lord, little Lord, to us as believers, we have Yahweh and Master, should be upheld as majestic and holy. Not just words that we use, as is done, and we see and we hear in the world. These are names and words that are majestic and holy. It says, you have set your glory above the heavens. Above the heavens. If I were to ask you where the heavens are at, you'd probably say above. (laughs) Right? Well, his glory is above that. The highest position of dignity and power. It seems like it'd be out of reach to us. Right? The heavens are out of reach and, and his name is, is his glory is above that. So Yahweh, our master God, sitting on your heavenly throne, your majesty is known throughout the earth. We get into point two here. Through the weakest. Verse 2 says, Out of the mouth of babies and infants, you establish strength because of your foes, to still the enemy and the avenger. So we just went from like the highest position to arguably the lowest. In Hebrew, babies and infants could be more directly translated to nursing infants. Now we know that babies can nurse for sometimes up to several years, but this picture here is about a very young baby. If you can picture a young baby and infant that's directly connected to and reliant upon his or her mother. We go from the highest position to the lowest, a little baby. Notice he doesn't use a picture of chariots or an army to still the enemy and the avenger. And he certainly could have. But rather he uses the smallest and the weakest. And their voices. Why is that? As a quick side note, as I was thinking through this, I began to think of the cries of my own children. And I couldn't help but think of how weak and powerless I feel when I hear them cry. Emma, our youngest, cried for what seemed consistently for about six months talk about feeling defeated. And I I would agree, I think. Uh I think we're still defeated over (laughs) there. The cries of a baby. So David here is contrasting the weakness of infants, a little tiny infant baby, with the enemies of God. He declares that the words of the most helpless are used by God to defend his people. So this should bring us an immense amount of comfort this morning. How weak and powerless are the enemies of God when he can subdue them through the mouths of babies. How weak and powerless are the enemies of God he can subdue them through the mouths of babies. We don't need tanks and nukes. We can just take babies to the battlefield, Right? Think about that, though. I think that there's truth in that. There's truth in hearing the cries of a baby and how even the strongest, mightiest man would become weak in hearing those words. starting to see here is a picture God's awesome above the heavens now this picture of a baby we're starting to see humility come into play the best picture that we have of that with Jesus is with his triumphal entry Matthew 21 right it was supposed to be triumphant the majestic Savior Hosanna in the highest he should have been riding in with a giant parade on a white stallion or something But what did he do he entered into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey a lonely donkey. This is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He came in in meekness on the back of the donkey. And further into the story of his triumph, triumphal entry, as Jesus was flipping tables and healing the blind, he quotes our passage. Matthew 21, 14 through 16 says, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies You have prepared praise So the children in the temple are crying out Hosanna to the son of David And the chief priests were like Let's keep them quiet You hear what they're saying? Jesus then quotes straight out of Psalm 8 there So you must understand this morning that our God doesn't need the biggest parade. He doesn't need the largest army or the strongest men. No. He is so awesome and majestic that he completes his work through the weakest among us. Our God is so majestic, honorable, above the entire earth, yet he can humble himself to a place among the weakest to save us. Are you starting to see this picture of God? This humble, meek, but all-powerful creator commands the winds and the waves Speaks through the mouths of infants. Our third point this morning: Our majestic God is mindful of us. He is mindful of us. Verses three and four says, "When I look at your heavens." The work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. I think we all at some point have stood beneath the stars, stayed up late, or even believe hours of the morning, gazing in awe and wonder at the moon and the stars. Long before I was a born-again believer did I sit and stare up at the moon and the stars in awe. Wondering and contemplating everything. Have you ever done that? Most of you. If you haven't, get outside. Go up north, away from the lights. Now think that our majestic God, He placed each star individually. With his fingers. Now how big is this guy?
1: (laughs) It's
0: perfectly big. That He can place the stars. With his fingers. If you can visualize it for a moment. Standing or sitting. Looking up. The longer you look. The more you see. Have you ever done that? It's amazing. When we go up north, we're out in the middle of nowhere, and it gets super dark up there. And the longer you look, it, when you first look up, your eyes see thousands. And the longer you stand there, you start to see millions. And then the longer you stand, it becomes billions. And he placed each single one of them. Psalm 147 4 says, He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. So not only did He place them with His fingers, He named each one of them. Do you know any of the names of the stars? Maybe a couple. That's my kids' that. He names all of them. Now think of this. The majestic God who created the entire universe, placed each star in the sky, also knows you. He even knows your name. not only that, but he cares about you. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows the struggles that you have, the sickness that you're going through. The majestic God who created the entire universe placed the stars with his fingers. Remember, I asked how big is this guy? Sunshine said he's too big. I don't know if he's too big, but he's so big Yet He cares about us. Many of you have probably been in an airplane before. And if you have, you look down and you feel like you're way high up. You can't even see people talking high up. You can see cars. What's the view that God has down on us? The same that we, when we stand here on earth and look up at the stars... Something like what I believe that he has when he looks down at us. So, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name that you would know mine? That you would be mindful of me and concern yourself with me? I don't know about you, but I'm not anything special. But let me try to water this down a little bit and make it somewhat relatable from David's perspective of what he's when he's saying, how majestic is your name, that you would know us, that you would be mindful of us. Think of someone in a position of high status today. Think of it. We don't have a king. But we do have a president, right? So let's consider, just for a moment, bear with me, the president of the United States of America. So think of this. What if I came up to you and told you that President Joe Biden knows you? Not only does he know you, but he knows you personally. And he cares about you. There's a couple little mumblings here. <laughs> but it would be pretty cool, right? That, you know, President Joe Biden, maybe pick a better president, I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: but that this guy, right, he's, the, I don't know if I want to say as high up as you can get, but, you know, governmentally. He's the highest position, right, in government in our country. We don't have a king, we have a president, and this guy would know you. You'd probably brag a little bit about your friends. Say, that's Uncle Joe. Maybe it's Grandpa Joe. I don't know. But what if he knew you? It's a weak example, isn't it? that's that's kind of the point. So let's bring it back. Consider the time in which David wrote this. And consider being the lowest of peasants. Okay, you're mopping the floor, scrubbing the floor, or whatever. And then you find out that the king, who you're serving, knew you, knows your name cares about you and loves you. So the majestic God, the King of kings, Lord of lords, he knit you together in your mother's womb, formed you into an infant, brought you into this world, in this time and place, among billions of other people, among the entire galaxy, yet he is mindful of you. He concerns himself with your concerns. He doesn't lose sight of you. He cares for you and about you, so much so that at some point in your life, the Holy Spirit prompted your heart with the truth of the good news. And this too should bring us an immense amount of peace this morning. Amen? Mm -hmm. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name that you are mindful of me. You concern yourself with me, clothe me, feed me, and provide for me. He's the greatest of shepherds. The fourth point here is that he crowns us with glory and honor. Verses 5 and 8 says, Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along in the paths of the seas. So think of this. He created us just a little lower than the heavenly beings. Remember, picture this king, this creator God. And he crowns us, it says. We're a little peasant worker. And he crowns us. He gives us dominion over the works of his hands don't really feel like a peasant anymore do you so who are we that he would think so highly of us remember this is showing a picture of the order of creation here and let's not forget how we were created remember how we were created out of dirt The majestic God who placed the moon and the stars with his fingers, who created us out of the dust from the ground, he breathed his life into us. He even went as far as to create us in his image and likeness. And then he places us just a little lower than the angels, but even himself. And then he crowned us with glory and honor and gave us dominion over everything. Wow. Again, I want to say, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name that you would crown me and us with the glory and the honor that we don't deserve. We don't deserve it. You guys realize that, right? And, and the reality is we can't even fulfill it. Let's look into Hebrews 2, verses 5 through 9. It says For it was not the angels that God subjected the world to come of which we are speaking, it has been testified somewhere, what is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him for a little while lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. And then it says, at present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. If you remember back earlier last year, I guess it would have been the year before when we were going through Hebrews. Hebrews. Present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to Him. Why is that? Our sinful ways and desires have tarnished the crown that He placed on our heads. He placed us in the position to have dominion over all, yet we're incapable of living up to this calling. Our fallen state skews our vision and perspective. Not allowing us to see things as they ought to be. And when you think of this, it should be obvious that we don't truly have dominion over everything. We can't control the beasts of the field. We can't even control ourselves. We can't control the winds and the waves. strike of lightning and the the roar of a thunder causes us to to tremble in fear. At present, we do not yet see everything subjection to us. But there's more to this passage in Hebrews, isn't there? There's a but Jesus clause here. Verse 9, that says, but we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. So while we may not see our complete dominion over everything, guess what we do get to see? Jesus, who was also made a little lower than the angels. He came down to earth in the form of man, right? In the form of that infant. And he's crowned with glory and honor. O oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic are your ways that you would send us Jesus to be the perfect fulfillment of our calling. By your mercy, O oh Lord, that he would wipe the blemishes from our crowns. By your grace, O Lord, that he would die in our place so that we would receive salvation from our sins. So what was above the heavens and seemingly out of reach was brought down to us so that we could be redeemed back to him. Are you thankful for that this
1: morning?
0: Mm-hmm. Are you thankful that we have a Jesus to fulfill that gap, to fulfill our our dominion and our our place in that order? If I could invite the worship team back up here, please. <laughs> It closes again with the same same verse as it started essentially, right? It's a a bookend here. Mm -hmm. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So Jesus, being born into the earth through the womb of a woman, Entering into it as a nursing infant, growing up, living a perfect and sinless life, dying a death that we deserve, defeating the grips of sin within the grave, and who is now high and lifted up, sitting on the right hand of the Father. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is the name of Jesus in all the earth. He is our God. He is our King. He is our Savior and Redeemer. And He cares about you. Matthew six, twenty-five through thirty-three, I'm going to read these kind of quickly here. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life what you will eat or what you will drink, more about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap or or, or gather into barns, and yet our Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So he cares about you. So what must we do in response? We must humble ourselves like children. Matthew 18, 1-4 says this, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Humble yourselves. Why? Because one day every tongue will confess his name. Philippians 2 9 through 11 says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. How majestic is your name in all the earth. One day every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. They know it, they live in denial now. One day they won't. He cares about you. Humble yourselves like children and keep confessing his name. Keep saying the name of Jesus, keep lifting it up. It's holy, it's majestic. Let's pray. Our great and heavenly Father, who are majestic over all of creation, you placed the stars and you created us. Lord, we're thankful for that. And thankful is not even, I don't think, a good enough word describe it, but Lord, we're thankful that you know us, that you know our names, and that you care about us, so much so that in our sinful state, in our fallen state, Lord, you didn't leave us there. You really left <clears throat> us there. Lord, you humbled yourself. You came down just like us, born of a woman, became a nursing infant, lived a perfect, sinless life, died the death that we deserve, Lord, you defeated our sins, you paid the price, Lord, that we could be redeemed back to you. Who am I that you are mindful of me? Lord, I pray this morning for each and everyone that's here that they would consider that deeply this week, especially heading into Advent, Lord. You are so mindful of us. You know our cares and our worries and our sicknesses and our stresses. Lord, I pray that the, that knowing who you are and knowing that you know us brings us peace today. It's in that great and awesome,
1: powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.